This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Almighty God, the awesome God that does wonders without number, Lord, we thank you. Lord, you are the one that has brought us thus far. And you have promised you will never leave us nor forsake us. We are confident in that. We say thank you. Lord, as we look into your word of life this morning, please speak to us. Show us the right way for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. As we begin this year, this year is already seven days into it. Lord, that we will not repeat the same old mistakes. We will not do the same old things that we did and got us nowhere. But Lord, this year we'll be led by the Spirit. So as we look into the word this morning, Daddy, please speak to us. Uh, show us the right way for us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. You may please be seated. Amen. Amen and amen. So, today being the first Sunday of the year, that's why we are all in this regalia. Okay, my wife said I look good. So, I, would, I must look good then. <laughs> amen. So, uh, first Sunday of the year is a special Thanksgiving for us. So, uh, please sit back. We're going to have a great time. Don't be in a hurry. It's the first Sunday. Uh, beginning next Sunday, I'm going to start a new series that the Lord laid on my heart that I'm excited about for myself, actually. Uh, and it's going to be titled, it's titled, Rebuilding the Waste Places. Rebuilding the Waste Places. But that will start next week. Today, we're talking about why give thanks. Why should I give thanks? Why should you be thankful. Friends, like I said, today is already January 7th. The year is, is rolling along. You know, nobody can stop time. Well, God did for uh, Joshua, you know, put everything in standstill for like 15 minutes. Amen. But for us, we know time is always making progress, moving on. And time waits for nobody. So my prayer for you is that the Alpha and the Omega uh, will be with you. Okay. Will be with me. In Jesus' name. You know, because it takes God for us to walk right and live right. Many people have determinations, like uh, Minister Wale told us. You know, they have New Year resolution. And by the first week, so many have already failed. By the first month, 43% have quit on their goals. The Bible says in Revelations number one, uh, chapter number one and verse eight, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. So if he's the Alpha and the Omega, it means he already knows the end of this year. So if I partner with the Alpha and the Omega, guaranteed, my year is going to be a successful one. In the name of Jesus. I don't need the fan, please. Amen? 
whatever plans you and I have for the year, no matter how daunting the task seems, I want you to understand that with the Alpha and the Omega, you will accomplish what you have started to work on in the name of Jesus. Life is a journey. Amen? And the journey of a thousand years will never be accomplished until you take the first step. And going on your journey is just putting one foot in front of another. Putting one foot in front of another. That is how we're going to realize our goal and our purpose. What does that mean for you and I? It means you have to start somewhere. You know, a lot of times uh, when people come and, you know, we want to have a conversation, they say, I don't even know where to start. How many people are familiar with that? They say, I don't even know where to start. I just start from anywhere. Amen? Don't be bogged down. That until I have all things squared away, I'm not going to start. Then you'll never accomplish anything. Amen? Start right where you are. Amen? The race of life is not a competition. I'm not in competition against my brother Michael, and neither is he in competition against me. My race is the standard of God for me and how I am living my life. I'm running against myself. The competition, the race, is between me, I, and myself. Why? Because God has a plan for every life. Amen? And our experience in life, the things we go through, our experience is based heavily, heavily on what and who we know. Amen? What you know and who you know will ultimately guarantee your success in life. Amen? The Bible says, Hosea chapter 4 and the 6th verse. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. If you read it in other translations, it said because they do not know me. So the knowledge here is the knowledge of God. That's what he's saying. Amen. When I have the knowledge of God, I will be instructed. I will be directed. I will be guided. When I have the knowledge of God. He said, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. An average person here is very knowledgeable. I have no doubt in my mind. I've spoken, I've engaged with many of us. I know we are very, very smart people. We have doctors, lawyers, all manner of people in the church. So some people know a lot of things. They just know a lot of things of the wrong stuff. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Job said in Job 19, verse 25, he said, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. You wonder about Job lost everything, all his earthly wealth and all his children, all his family, except for the wife, were lost in one day. And the Bible says, after all said and done, Job got up and knelt down and worshipped God. What makes a person behave so irrationally? Knowledge. Knowledge. 
knowledge. Many are complaining, many are quitting, many are saying, oh, God is not doing what he said he would do. All these things is a lie. You know why? You lack the knowledge of God. Amen. Job said, he said, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth at last. So he was confident that in spite of what my immediate situation might be, I know my Redeemer is alive. I know God is not dead. And if God is alive, he will take care of me. Do you believe that? If God is alive, he will take care of me and he will take care of you. I want to show you just a few scriptures of the I know or we know syndrome that I'm talking about. David, Psalm 140 verse 12. He said, but I know the Lord will help. Hallelujah. I know the Lord will help those that are persecuted. You know, so he has a confidence that even though men are persecuting me, I know. I know. I know that God will help me. Hallelujah. I have learned this, you know, like you, 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 you have no idea. It's Psalm 140 verse 12. Psalm 140 verse 12. He says, I know that God will help those that they persecute, that have been persecuted. Are you going through persecution right now? How much of God do you know? You know, one of the prayers the general overseer said, we must continue to pray this year is, Lord, I want to be closer to you. I want to know you more. I want to be closer to you. You know, what you know will determine how far you go in life. Amen? For David, David is saying, I know that the Lord will help me. Even though I'm being persecuted, I know God will help me. And you know the story of David, it worked out great for him. Right? He said, I know the Lord will help those they persecute. He will give justice to the poor. God will arise for you. Amen. Oh, I said, God will arise for you. Amen. And he will fight your battles Amen. in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 50, verse 7. Isaiah 57. He says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Do you know this? Oh, I have lived this. I've lived this. I've shared my testimony with you. You know, there was a time, I mean, I almost completely lost faith because I was afraid of the consequences of what was about to happen to me. Amen? And that made me so petrified that in the middle of the night, I wake up breaking out in sweat. I'm talking 1994. Breaking out in sweat. They have come. They're going to, you know. But God saw me through that. And guess what I know now? I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that God helps those that have been persecuted in the name of Jesus. He said, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone determined to do his will. I've told us many times, God cannot bless a mess. Amen? God will not bless a mess. It's not good. The first thing first, he will clean you up and set you on your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, I am, I am determined to do his will. And I know. Somebody say, I know. I know. Somebody say, I know like you know. I know. I know that I will not be put to shame. 
It means when God arises for, for you, he's going to deliver you from those situations, from those entanglements. He's going to free you from them in the name of Jesus. Number four, quickly, John 8, 32. John 8, 32. He said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Can I tell you something? The truth is a person. It's a person. John 14, 6, the Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth is a person. Say, and you shall know this person called Jesus Christ, and it will make you free. You will be made free. Amen. Every entanglement is removed. In the name of Jesus. The last we know here, there's a lot of them. I just put five together just to whet your appetite as we get into the message this morning. Romans 8.28. Everybody knows this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. I have to be one with God before all these things can line up is the point I want to make this morning. I have to be what? One with God. You have to make a determination that, Lord, is either you or nothing. It is important for somebody here today to know that God is a God of many chances. What I hear in my spirit is some people are saying, I'm too far gone. There is no hope for me. There is hope for you. Oh, I said there is hope for you. Amen. The Bible says there is hope for a tree that has been cut down. Because when you pour water, you water it, it will sprout again. It will bud again. You will bud again. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God will redeem your time for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. It's important that we know this. And someone that knows this too well is Apostle Paul. That is why he can boldly and confidently say in that math, uh, uh, Romans 8.28 that all things, amen? He said, God causes all things to work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. You know, uh, Philippians 1.20 has become my favorite scripture for a few years now. Therefore, I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. Brother Leroy, he said, I fully expect and hope that I will not be ashamed. He's telling you what he knows. What he knows. What do you know? Amen? What knowledge do you have? Manchester United and... Uh, Chelsea and uh, Arsenal. What do you know? What you know is what is going to determine and define the kind of faith you have. Amen? Listen, we're talking about why give thanks. First, uh, First Thessalonians 5.18 is a very popular scripture. First Thessalonians 5.18, I'm reading from the Living Bible Translation. He said, no matter what happens, always be thankful. I told you last month that you have never seen a grateful, thankful person that is sad. You have never seen 
and will never see a grateful, thankful person that is depressed. Never. The two don't work together. Amen? The two cannot work together. It says, no matter what happens, always, always be thankful. Amen? Always be thankful. What is thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is basically a public acknowledgement or celebration of a divine thing that has been done for you. Pastor Joyce told us last month that joy is not a feeling. Joy is who you are. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? So this morning, very quickly, I need to skip now because of time. This morning, very quickly, I want you to know that Thanksgiving is a decision that you make. I choose to be thankful. The fact that I'm thankful does not mean I don't have issues. And I told you this last, last month as well. You know, when I come and I share testimony about all of these things, oh, God put money in my pocket, God did this, God did that, it's not because I have everything I have. It's just that I'm recognizing the things God already did in my life. Amen? And if he did it before, if he did it before, he will do it again. Hallelujah. So it's a decision. Can we say that together? Thanksgiving is a decision. I choose to be thankful. Hallelujah. Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 3, 17, 18, and 19. Habakkuk 3, 17, 18, and 19. Whether I give thanks or not is a choice that I'm making. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crops and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle bands are empty. This is a farmer speaking. He said, even though I have losses all around, is what he's saying. Verse 18, he said, yet, somebody say yet. Yes. What he's saying is what is about to happen is in spite of what I have said. Amen? Yet, you don't start a sentence with yet I am, no. Yet is a word that joins two things together. And when you say yet, haven't said something, what you're saying is what I'm about to say following this yet is in spite of the other thing I said before. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. Listen to me. This year, I want you to make up your mind that I will give thanks to God no matter what. No matter what. That is what the prophet is saying here. He's saying there is no blossom. There are no grapes. The animals are all dead. The burns are empty. The bank account, there's no money. Deaders are calling. 
They are about to foreclose on my house. They are about to repo my car. He says, yet I will rejoice. <laughs> you know, some people, when they walk towards you, you can see their problem. Even though you, it's not, this is not spiritual revelation, but they look. It's like the whole world is crashing on their head. The prophet is saying, in spite of all that weight, it's not being naive and ignoring the realities of life. He's saying, in spite of those things, I know my Redeemer lives. I know there is one that is greater than my situation that is able to turn things around. Therefore, I will rejoice. Hallelujah. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. You know, when you read the story about the life of, uh, of Paul, Paul was an interesting fellow in the Bible. Very interesting. Before he met Christ, he was like at the peak of his career. Amen? And coming into Christ is like he went to the bottom of the ladder. What I'm telling you today, when I say God is able to redeem your time, that's exactly what I'm telling you about. Because this Paul that seemed like he was demoted from the top to the bottom wrote two-thirds of the scripture, the New Testament. Amen? He was, he, didn't, he was not there with them. He was not one of the 12. Amen? You could look at him and say he's disadvantaged. That is, is an apostle that came later on. No! He said, I labored more than them all even though I came after them all. Amen? Paul knew some things. It's important this year for you to understand what you know. If I'm going to rise up from the dust, my knowledge is what is going to pick me up from the dust. What I know is what is going to lift me up. Hallelujah. No wonder in Acts 16.25, Acts 16.25, the Bible says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Watch this. They were in prison for preaching the gospel. Amen? And in prison, they were praying. Haven't prayed, they started singing. In prison, in prison, in prison. There is no deliverance yet. Nothing has happened. They are still, what? In prison. While you are still in the thick of it, choose to worship God. Amen. Hallelujah. Choose to worship God. You know, one of the most futile things in life that a person can do is to worry over something you have no control over. Amen? Oh, I'm afraid maybe I will not wake up tomorrow morning. So what would you do? Don't sleep all night? <laughs> it's so foolish. Oh, maybe I wouldn't wake up. The, the devil is messing with somebody's mind. Maybe I won't wake up. Okay, maybe. Maybe you don't wake up. What can you do? Take medication to keep you awake. Peep, there was a video I sent to my wife last night. A guy was having his birthday celebration. In the celebration, slumped and died. He was, 
He was awake, fully awake. He died fully awake. So if you say, I'm afraid, I may not wake up in the morning, therefore I will not sleep. Whilst people are awake, they die. And they just, gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. suddenly. Verse 26. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Watch this. We don't know what they were praying about. But I doubt they were praising God so that the prison gates will open. They were praising God for who he is. Until you have knowledge of who God is, it will be difficult for you to show that much appreciation or gratitude to him. The depth of your knowledge of God will determine the depth of your thanksgiving to him. A general overseer, you know, <laughs> because he's always working prayer work for hours, hours, five, six hours. So some of the senior pastors close to him, they, they ask him one day, they say, Daddy, these six hours, what are you praying about? Every day, six hours, you are praying. What are you praying about? Huh? He said over 90% of his prayer is thanksgiving. Just thanking God. Oh, Lord, I thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for the other one. He's giving thanks to God. You know why? If you don't do that, before you know it, you begin to think you are the one making things happen for yourself. So your thanksgiving is a reflection of the state of your heart that I didn't do this for me. God, you did it. Therefore, take the glory. Then you give him thanks. You return it back to him. You know, there's an old proverb in my native tongue that when you give a person a gift and they don't say thank you, it's like you have been robbed of that thing that you give to them. It's like somebody stole it from you. Amen? You all know the story of Jehoshaphat. Three nations came to fight against them. In first, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20. When you get home, you can read it. And when it came down to it, they prayed. And after they, they fasted and they prayed, after they fasted and prayed, one of the prophets prophesied and said, this battle is the Lord's. And he believed it. When you hear a word of prophecy, do you believe? You know what determines your belief? The next action you take. So once they receive the revelation that God is going to fight this battle, you know what they did? The Bible says, Jehoshaphat consulted with the people and then they arranged for the singers to go ahead of them into battle. So they didn't put the warriors in front. They put the singers in front. You know, he said, for his mercies endures forever. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That is coming from a deep place of knowledge. Deep place of knowledge. The, the armies of the three nations were still there. 
They were still surrounded. They, they were, their situation still looked and seemed hopeless. But they are singing, for the Lord is good. And his mercies endures forever. Imagine Shegu. Uh, Where's Shegu? Putting God going to it. And his mercies endures forever. The army is behind. The army of Israel is behind the singers. And the opposing armies are in front of them. But the singers are going, for the Lord is good and his mercies endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good and his mercies endure. Three nations ready to eat them up. But they believe. They believed. May you not abort the purpose of God for your life. Amen. Amen. Let's jump to number two very quickly. Last month I told us, I preached a sermon that I titled, The Attitude of Gratitude. You know, one of the reasons we miss the stuff that God is showing us, one of the reasons we miss it, is because we're so worried about so many things. And even if God had a megaphone screaming and yelling in our ears, what we are seeing is so real to us that it's so impossible for us to hear God. Amen? It becomes literally impossible to hear God because there's so much noise within our spirit man. Amen? When you have the attitude of gratitude, you open up yourself for revelation. Oh, you can hear God. You can see God. And in spite of your situation even getting worse, you are seeing God. And you are, you, you are, you are, you are giving thanks. Before your very face, everything will change. Amen? One of the things I've realized is you or myself, we can't change any situation. The Bible says God is the one that can change times and seasons. Changes it. Psalm 34 verse 1. Psalm 34 verse 1. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. You know, like I always say, English is not my first language, and that is true. But when somebody says, I will do something, are they being made to do it? No, they are putting the responsibility upon themselves. I will. I'm commanding myself that I must and I shall. Bless the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Amen? It says, I will praise the Lord at all times. It means when I feel like it, I will praise him. When I don't feel like it, I will praise him. In every situation, I will praise him. In every circumstances, I will praise him. Psalm 103 from verse 1. Psalm 103 from verse 1. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know, another translation says, let all that I am praise 
the Lord. When you say let all that I am, you are saying I am giving permission to all of me to praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. This year you must be determined, people of God. Choose to give thanks. It doesn't matter what is before you. I'm broke, I'm busted, praise the Lord. I've been there. There's no story you can tell me about being broke and busted that I have not experienced. Trust me when I tell you that. Trust me. I've been in bad places. And I was pastor of the church. I was pastor of the church. I know you won't read it on my face. In fact, can you tell whether I'm going through anything right now? Hallelujah. Have you thought about what it means to bless the Lord? Amen. The word, the word translated bless there is barak. And barak means to bow down and worship the Lord. When we think of blessing in our day now, what do we think of? Money. Oh, they blessed me with a car. You did, and I still, I'm still grateful for that. Amen? But to bless the Lord means to barack the Lord. That's what Job did. Job bowed down and worshipped God. He barracked him. Giving thanks and worshiping God is not reliant or dependent on your mood. It has nothing to do with the mood. It has to do with knowledge. What do you know? Hallelujah. Number three, very quickly. Has this ever happened to you before? You know where you're going. If I happened to me going home one time, you know, my car, if I'm leaving the church without me putting anything in it, it just switches to navigation to take me home. And one day, I mean, I know how to get to my house, don't I? Hello? I know how to get to my house. One day, it was telling me to take a different route. I said, let me obey this GPS. I'm looking horizontally. The GPS is looking vertically. It's looking from top down. I'm looking around. So I may miss something. The GPS knew there was an accident on the way or some kind of construction on the way. The usual route I take home. The GPS knew that there was blockage and traffic was backed up. Therefore, it told me to take another route. Look, where, from where you are sitting and looking at life determines what you see when you look at your life. If you are on earth looking at life, say, oh, when this happens, that then happens, and then that then happens, and then the other one then happens, without looking up to Jesus and say, what must I do? And get expo. Somebody say expo. expo. From above. To show you what you need to do to overcome that situation. I did not get stuck in traffic and delayed another 20 minutes before getting home. Why? 
because of my vantage point. The third point here is your vantage point. I've told the story many times uh, in church before, but we always have new people, so I'll tell you the story real quick. From where you are sitting and looking out determines how you see your life. I'm going to tell you a story, same story, but two different vantage points, two different perspectives. A couple decided, we're going to go out to dinner, but they have a baby, so they get a babysitter to babysit the baby at home while husband and wife go out to dinner. And that's a hint for some of the men in the house. Take your wife out sometimes. Amen? So they went to dinner. They went to dinner, and uh, as they were eating, somebody calls them, your house is on fire, their neighbor. Your house is on fire. Your house is on fire. So they rush back. And they're looking around for the babysitter and their baby. They didn't see the baby. They didn't see the babysitter. They were besides themselves. They were beside themselves. Oh, my baby. Oh, my baby. Oh, my baby. And as they were crying and wailing, the babysitter walks up with the baby in hand. They had taken a stroke. Guess what happened? In that moment, they began to praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Because they are believers. Thank you, Jesus. They were thankful. They were thankful. Same story, same situation. They come back, but this time, the babysitter was there with the baby. Guess what? They are still crying. Oh, the album. Oh, those memories. They are burning up in the house. Now they are worried about the stuff in the house. The first time, they were worried about their baby. In the second instance, they know the baby is safe. They are worried about something else. They couldn't give thanks because of the point from which they are looking at their story. Can I tell you something this morning? Every situation of your life, there is thanksgiving buried in it somewhere. If you can have the right perspective to look, look at the situation with the right kind of eyes, you will always give thanks. Same situation. In one they give thanks, in the other they couldn't. Amen? Listen. I want us to pray. We have about two minutes left. Please rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.